What are some things we should be looking out for during the Panthers preseason finale on Friday? We'll talk about them right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday and next Friday, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Then, heading into the season, it will be a Wednesday mailbag live on YouTube. But either way, you can get those questions into me now by either adding me or DMing me over on Twitter at Julian Council. And if you want to slide into my Instagram DMs for whatever reason, you can do that because people have in the past and DM me there at Julian Council as well. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On Friday evening, the Carolina Panthers will welcome in the Detroit Lions for their preseason finale at Bank of America Stadium. The first of two meetings between the Panthers and the Lions. And I feel like that has that happened in the past? It's probably happened before, but it's going to happen a lot now that there are only three preseason games and 17 regular season games. And just you wait. Once the NFL owners get what they want and get that 18th game, it will be even more common during the preseason to see an opponent twice. And once in the preseason, then a second time during the regular season. Of course, we see our divisional opponents twice. Now going to see the Detroit Lions of the NFC North twice here on Friday in Carolina. Then later on, I believe week six before the bye uh, there in Detroit to face off against the Lions. So the Panthers have one final chance to try and figure things out on offense, on defense, and on special teams, and really to figure out who are the 53 men who are going to be on the roster come 4 p.m. next Tuesday, August 29th. Now come 401, things could start changing as it's the initial 53-man roster. And the Carolina Panthers, Dan Morgan, assistant general manager, of course, played linebacker here for the Panthers back during the heyday. He talked about how the Panthers being 10th on the waiver wire, they're in a good spot to get who they really want. I guess they're top 10 in the waiver wire, so I guess they're technically not, whatever. They're in a good spot to get the players that they want off a waiver. So players who may make the roster come next Tuesday at 4 p.m. may not be on the roster come the next Monday heading into the Carolina Panthers week one as they face off against the Atlanta Falcons uh, there on September 10th in Atlanta. So a lot of things are going to change, but things get to be established as far as who is going to position themselves to be on that initial 53 next Tuesday starting on Friday night. So a couple things I want to look out for in the Carolina Panthers preseason finale against the Lions on Friday evening, starting off with Bryce Young and the offensive starters. Bryce Young has attempted 12 passes in two preseason games. He is 7 of 12. So 
a positive completion percentage, but not nearly as many passes I think a lot of people on the outside, not in that building, would have liked to have seen. Now, Frank Wright came out from the very beginning and said that they had a plan for Bryce Young, that he would play in the preseason, that the starters would play in the preseason. They had to. You have a brand new wide receiver core with Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, who they just drafted, who looked impressive on Friday evening against the Giants. You also brought in Hayden Hurst. You have Miles Sanders, who hasn't even played a down in the preseason and may not as he's TBD heading into Friday night. And I personally don't think he should play at all, considering he's going to get a a big workload this year at running back. Don't need to see it. But also, you got some new offensive linemen going in there, in particular at right guard as they try to find someone to fill in for Austin Corbett for at least the first four weeks of the season as he's likely to start off on the physically unable to perform list or also known as PUP. So the Carolina Panthers needed to play their starters. I just would have liked to have seen them play a little bit more than they have so far. I found myself absolutely sick on Monday over hanging out with my dad at his place and watching the Washington Commanders and the Baltimore Ravens preseason game. Now, this is something completely out of my character, and I'm sitting here watching a preseason game and having no really interest in it other than, I guess, Sam Howell because, of course, I love the Tar Heels, but no real interest as far as, you know, work, doing the podcast. It doesn't involve the Panthers. Why am I watching this? Well, we're out there watching it, and I sat there, watched the whole first half as, of course, you know, love Sam Howell, and he went out there and played the entirety of it. And you got to see what Washington, with a new coordinator and Eric Bieniemy and their offense, looked like. That's what I want to see for Bryce Young. And that was only preseason game number two, I believe, for the Commanders. So Young, so far, has only played five series. And the first game, that was 11 total snaps. Then he had 17 on Friday night. He has hardly played with a new offense that has yet to find consistency. And Frank Wright confirmed on Monday that they're going to play the Stars again on Friday. It could be less, could be more. They want to establish a rhythm. Well, so far, they have not done that. Three of their first four drives were three and out, including the one on Friday night to start off the game where they had a first and five and still could not pick up the requisite five yards in order to get a first down there against the Giants' first-team defense on Friday evening. I want to see Bryce Young play a half, maybe even plus. And all we know about Ron Rivera, when he's been here in the past, he has had no problem. If he has not seen things he liked, having his entire starting offense go out there and play into the third quarter, and same thing with the defense. We've seen it in the past with Ron Rivera, and I'm not necessarily saying that that's how it should be, but man, when you have a young quarterback like Howell is for Washington and like Bryce is here for Carolina in a new offense, trying to get used to players that they did not throw to a year ago, because not like Howell really threw with the ones last year, and Bryce wasn't here, he's in college last season, you would like to see more, especially when Frank Reich has talked about just the sense of urgency that he has knowing that week one, division rival, week two, division rival, you can't be in an 0-2 hole against division rivals. I would like to see the offense play a lot more. Now, if they go out there, have two drives, and score two touchdowns, then by all means, I've seen enough. But if they go out there, three and out, oh, need to get some penalties from the Lions in order to move the football down the field and then look shaky again, I want to see them until they're able to piece together a drive where it looks like there's some sort of cohesion because this is the last opportunity to do it. Now, the preseason only tells you one story. They get a lot of reps during practice, and they got valuable reps with the Jets for one day. I just don't know if that's enough to head into September 10th and have any confidence in what this team's going to do as far as offensively goes. Now, it's going to be a process. It's going to take some time. 
I would just like for them to do as much as possible right now in the preseason to get Bryce and that offensive unit prepared. Now, Frank Reich believes that they have, and I can only trust that that's what's happening. I'm just looking at what other teams across the NFL are doing, some of their young guys, and what Carolina's doing. And just looking at it as, okay, maybe that would make more sense. But there's not one way to do these things. And in only time will tell whether the Panthers put in enough of the work during the preseason and during training camp and the practices in between to get the team prepared offensively come September 10th against Atlanta. Now, the second one I want to look out for sticks with the offense. Iki Aquanu has had a rough preseason so far. He gave up two hits against the Jets a couple weeks ago. Then on Friday night, gave another hit and a sack versus the Giants and has struggled. There's been a lot of talk about Aki Aquanu during training camp taking the next step, and Frank Wright came to his defense on Tuesday speaking with the media saying he believes in Aki that he can do all the things that they need him to do. So far, he's not done that. So it goes with Bryce Young being able to get some continuity with his receivers and moving the ball down the field. Um, that goes hand-in-hand hand with Iki Aquanu and the rest of the offensive line protecting Bryce because Bryce Young has been under duress and touched far, many far too many times so far into two preseason games. I don't want to see that on Friday evening. Now, he's not going to be facing off against Solomon Thomas, who has been a journeyman. And he's not going to be facing off against Bryce Huff, who's been one of the better guys when it comes to pressure rate in the NFL a year ago. He's not going to be facing off against um, Kayvon Thibodeau. But the thing that Thibodeau and Thomas have in common with Aiden Hutchinson, who he's going to face, they were top five picks. Or maybe Thibodeau wasn't, but either way, top ten picks. They were blue chip type of dudes coming out of college, coming into the NFL, just like Iki Aquanu. Those are the guys he's going to have to face week in and week out as a starting left tackle for the Panthers. He faced him last year, going to face him again this year and throughout the rest of his career here in Carolina, wherever else he may go if he does not stay here long-term with the Panthers. Now, I don't want that to happen, but just saying, Iki Aquanu has to be better. So want to see him take those steps to be better come Friday evening. So Bryce and Iki in the offense want it to look better. Now, staying on the offensive line as well, the right guard competition, that's still playing out. Chandler Zavala played all the first team snaps on Friday. Cade Mays returned to practice on Tuesday, had missed last week with a next a neck stinger issue. He's now back out there. Frank Reich said that he wants to get Cade Mays some reps. Haven't really determined how much of that will be with the first team and whether they'll be split. We've seen Nash Jensen be someone that the Panthers uh, primarily. Scott Fitter on the broadcast on Friday night had brought up as a player that they really like and Dan Morgan was even saying on Tuesday, there's been some UDFAs that they've been really impressed with. Now, he wouldn't name names because he wants to be able to sign some of these guys to the practice squad and not have them go elsewhere. Uh, but still, there's a, that's one of the guys, Nas Jensen, who could still be in this competition. Now, I feel like it's Chandler Zavala's job to lose, and Frank Reich did tell us a week ago how going into the final preseason game, they wanted to have those best five and really figuring out who that fifth guy would be at right guard. I would expect that Zavala and Mays will both get an opportunity on Friday night to work with the ones. And then coming out of that, probably maybe still more of a competition, but you would like to have that establish who is your starting right guard, who's going to be filling in for Austin Corbett heading into the season. So those are three of the things that I want to look out for come Friday night. Got two other ones on the defensive side of the ball that I want to talk about. 
here on Locked On Panthers when we come back here in just a moment. Y'all, it's a simple fact. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better and are also cheaper. They fit way better than regular shorts that have stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl or enter promo code locked on nfl for a free white tech hat like the one i'm wearing right now on youtube with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nfl or use promo code locked on nfl for a free white tech hat you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you All right, looking at some more things to look out for on Friday night as the Carolina Panthers face off against the Detroit Lions for the first of their two meetings, this one in the preseason, and later on they'll face off in the regular season in Detroit. Talk about the offense, the offensive line, Icky Kwanu needing to step up, right guard, how's that competition going to shake out? Of course, Bryce Young, his receiving core, just the offense finding some sort of consistency building off what they've done the last two weeks where, you know, against the Jets wasn't good. And on Friday night, looked better, still a little clunky. Let's find a little bit of rhythm heading into the season as this is the final time for them to get real live game reps before facing off against Atlanta on September 10th. Now, looking at the defensive side of the ball, got a couple things that I'm looking at as far as the Carolina Panthers go and um, how things look. Uh, Defensive tackle. That is now a massive question mark as far as who's going to play that nose tackle position. When I look at the Carolina Panthers depth chart, there is a uh, hole there in the first team as far as who the nose tackle is now that Marquand McCall is gone. And if you actually go to the website, they have no one listed as a starter. Nick Thurman, LeBron Ray are the two listed as a second team and third team nose tackles, Raquan Williams, who had a standout performance on Friday night, and many assume is the reason why Marquand McCall is no longer here. He is listed as a backup defensive end. I would imagine, like he did on Friday, he'll be able to play as a starting nose tackle on Friday night, and he played a lot of nose tackle this past Friday against the Giants. And the way they want to utilize these defensive linemen in this new 3-4 scheme, they're going to move them all over the place. We had heard from Todd Watts, the defensive line coach for the Panthers back in June or May, whenever it was during OTAs, about Derek Brown, how they want to utilize him in certain in different ways this year and put him in certain techniques where he could be rushing the passer more than he's done the last couple seasons of his career, the first three years of his career, rather. Um, so it's going to be... Not just completely like, okay, you're a DN, you're a DN, you're a nose tackle. They're going to move around on the defensive line. So looking at the depth chart, some guys might be listed as defensive ends. Does not mean that they will not be able to play nose. But the prototypical nose tackle the Panthers had in town, Marquand McCall, is now up in New England. Congratulations to Bill Belichick and the Patriots as they predictably, as a Frank Reich thought a team was going to pick up pick him up on waivers and that he would be on a 53-man roster. Now, that is still to be determined whether he'll be on an initial 53 for New England next week. I don't particularly care. It is something in a way to monitor as the Panthers try to figure out who that defensive tackle is going to be. Now, I will put this out there. I'm not quite sure the starting nose tackle is even on the roster right now. I have a hard time understanding 
why the Panthers would move off of a player who, and I guess let me say this. Let me just step back for a second. Dan Morgan, when speaking to the media on Tuesday, did say that it was like a scheme fit, that Marquand McCall, as much as they liked him, wasn't doing what the coaches wanted him to do. So he didn't fit what they wanted him to do. He wasn't executing at the level that they wanted him. He went out there and started week one. Then you saw on Friday night, he did not play as much, and he did not stand out like Raekwon Williams. So for whatever reason, based off of what they were looking for, he was not it. But when you look at the rest of the depth chart and some of the guys that are available, like Nick Thurman, honestly, y'all, I have no idea who that is. Uh, <laughs> just to be honest, no clue who that is. LeBron Ray, uh, he's someone who the Panthers brought in after they let go of Bravion Roy, who they did not feel fit here, and they gave him an opportunity very early on to go make a roster somewhere else. LeBron Ray played with Bryce Young at Alabama. I knew that, watched him back at Bama and in Tuscaloosa, thought he was a fine player, but he has not done anything in the NFL. And even Raekwon Williams, he's played seven total games, and he does have experience having been in Philadelphia with some of the guys here on the staff, which I think has helped his cause, and he would be the presumed starter right now. But it's not like Raekwon Williams is a name that we had heard of, really, until Friday night. Now, that does not mean he can't step up and end up being that starter. But I have a hard time looking at that trio. And we'll throw in Taylor Stallworth, who has experience with Frank Reich going back to Indianapolis. I have a hard time looking at that foursome and thinking that that's what this team wants to do at nose tackle. They have to be thinking, okay, Marquand doesn't fit what we want to do here. Thurman, Ray, Williams, Stallworth, guys that we're familiar with, we'll give them an opportunity on Friday night to really show us that they deserve to be on the roster when we likely go out and pick somebody up on the waiver wire who we like. There's going to be some number crunch elsewhere where there's just going to be so much depth where a team is going to have to let go of a nose tackle. Look at somebody like the New York Jets who have a ton of depth on their defensive line. Is there someone who does not make that roster who could come in and help Carolina? Either way... That just feels like it's going to be maybe a little bit of a revolving door heading into the season. Who's going to be that starting nose tackle? And it's a rebuilt defensive line. You've added guys like Shai Tuttle. You've added guys like Deshaun, like Deshaun Williams. You brought in Henry Anderson, uh, who was here last year. And, of course, Derek Brown's still here. And when there's the talk of this being a multi-year rebuild, maybe not like three, four, seven years like Matt Rule would want, but maybe like Two off-seasons, yeah, this off-season, where, of course, rebuilt wide receiver room, new quarterback, uh, new schemes, bringing in some new guys on the defensive line. Maybe it's like next off-season where the Panthers are able to bring in some other guys who they think really fit what they want to do there at nose tackle. Like If you're looking at the draft, aside from maybe wide receiver, that might be like the biggest need the Panthers will have uh, going into next season. Now, we are not thinking about the draft right now, but just thinking about it, just looking at the depth chart, like there's some serious questions of what they're going to do there at that nose tackle position. Maybe I'm making too much of it. As I already stated earlier, it has been stated by the Panthers coaching staff that they'll move these guys around, that their position as far as what they're listed as, they're not just going to play solely a defensive end. Now, I think some guys like Henry Anderson probably play primarily that, and they will have a primary position, um, but it'll be interesting to see. So that nose tackle spot, Thurman, LeBron, Ray, mainly really, and Raekwon Williams, Taylor Stallworth, uh, look out for what those guys are going to do on Friday as they try to make this roster ahead of roster cutdowns when the Panthers have an opportunity to look at what else is out there available to them. Uh, and then what's the, with the defense as a whole, Go back to Friday night, I think it was way too easy. I understand that Marquise Haynes and that Brian Burns, Justin Houston weren't out there, but it still can't be that easy when you have your starting secondary out there. 
they got to make more plays. Von Bell made a play, being able to jar that ball loose when Darren Waller was looking like he was dicing up the Panthers early in that game. And then you also saw Jeremy Chen make a good play behind the line of scrimmage. Like, it's good to see that. Those two guys who you think are going to be really good players in the secondary make plays. Uh, but J.C. Horn's going to be more physical. Dante's going to be better. Um, Xavier Woods, got to see more out of him. Like, as a unit, like, those guys can't allow what happened on Friday night to be that easy. Like, if it happens, they score a touchdown. Okay, we can point to reasons why it happened. But still offer some sort of resistance. And like the offense, the defense is learning a new scheme. You have a lot of the same parts as we've had in the past year, like Derek Brown, of course, like Frankie Lou, who stepped up last year, Shaq Thompson, um, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin. Um, you, of course, you got Xavier Woods back there. Like, There's a lot of familiar names, and you mixed in Shai Tuttle and Deshaun Williams and Von Bell and some other backup players like Deion Jones, Kamugurie Hill. There's some new names, new faces, and new scheme, but there's plenty of experience and guys who are used to playing with each other that I think you want to expect more. And now looking at it too, I don't know how much they're going to play. I don't know what the Lions plan is right now, uh, but Detroit has a damn good offense and we saw it last year and the Panthers did a good job against them, but we saw it all season long. If you follow the Lions, how good that offense was. Hell, Ben Johnson was the favorite to be the coach here until he used David Tepper to get more money to stay in Detroit where he really wanted to be working for Dan Campbell. That's a good offense. And this is a defense that we think can be really good. But it, like the offense, it's going to take time until they're really clicking on all cylinders. It would be nice to see them have a solid performance against the ones, against the Lions, just to feel good about that unit. I don't think there's too much consternation. I don't think there's too many people who are really all that concerned about whether the defense can be any good or not. I know on Friday night there's probably people who overreacted, but also looked at it as like, okay, well, yeah, not great, but, you know, maybe don't give it up that easily. Possibly that caused concerns. I don't think it should that much. I just, to feel completely good, not completely good, but to feel a little good heading into the season, you know, get that positive vibe, that feeling heading into the year. Would like to see them have a solid outing against that Lions offense that should once again be high powered here in 2023. So those are the five things I'm looking to see on Friday night from the Carolina Panthers. Frank Reich, he spoke to the media, and we also heard from some other people on Tuesday afternoon, gave an update on some of the players who are injured and some of the plans he has going into this Friday night. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply 
All right, so I'm a gas bag, and I spend way too much time talking about the offense and what I want to see from them come Friday night in the Panthers preseason finale that I did not get to um, the players on the roster bubble that I want to talk about here on today's show. So we'll talk about that tomorrow um, for folks who listen to the podcast wondering what the hell are you talking about. If you ever watch the show on YouTube, I have a nice rundown uh, there for you on, well, it's my right as a record. Maybe it's your left when you watch, but I think it's probably on the right side of the screen. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on the right side of the screen. On the right side of the screen, you'll see kind of the rundown for each uh, day's show. So one of the things up there um, is a lie because I'm not talking about today. But I will talk about the injury updates ahead of Friday night as we'll get into the roster bubble and also talk about um, some of the competitions to watch on Friday night. As Scott Fitter had told us when speaking to Taylor Zarzer and Steve Smith Sr. on a broadcast on Friday evening, the Panthers would take the weekend to look at the numbers, look at what they want to have as far as how many guys at wide receiver, at defensive tackle, or yada, yada, yada on the roster, and then define those competitions heading into Friday evening. So we'll talk about some of the ones to look out for heading into that game on Friday against the Lions and also talk about some of the other bubble guys out there trying to make the roster on Friday. So it'll be a very big bubble. Hey, you going to make the show tomorrow? So a bubbly show here on Locked on Panthers. Oh, bubbly. I don't know why I did that. Okay, um, quick injury updates uh, from Frank Reich as the Panthers are, of course, preparing for the preseason finale, but also preparing just for the regular season and need some of these guys to be healthy uh, come week one against Atlanta. Marquise Haynes is back from his back injury, which is good uh, because Haynes is still an important player for the Carolina Panthers. And I know my commentary of Haynes throughout the offseason has been I just don't look at him as a guy who is that big of an impact player as far as being a starter at edge rusher. I just don't think Marquise Haynes is going to have, you know, a nine sack season during his NFL career. But if he can be that consistent five, six sack guy, then that's good for the Panthers, especially when you look at Brian Burns, who the next step could be 14 sacks, maybe even 15. He's going to be a star. And he still hasn't gotten paid, by the way. And he's been professional throughout this entirety of the negotiations, and he's been out there with the team being a leader. But Brian Burns, you think he's going to take another step forward after his 12 and a half sacks, first time in his career that he's had over um, 10 sacks in a season, or had 10, sack, 10 plus sacks in a season. So you would expect maybe he's going to get to 14, maybe 14 and a half, 15 sacks this upcoming year, as long as he stays healthy, of course, which he has throughout his career. Then Justin Houston, I don't know. It, it would be um, fair to expect him to do what he did last season. That has led to the Panthers paying him $6 million, potentially up to $7 million this year because of the Success he had a year ago with nine and a half sacks um, for Baltimore, but that was also based off of necessity and the Panthers need to bring somebody in. And he went out there and did it by bringing in Justin Houston, who can help the younger guys like DJ Johnson, Amari Barno, if he makes the roster, even gross mottos. And, of course, Brian Burns and Haynes uh, become better edge rushers as they move forward in their careers here in Carolina or maybe elsewhere. So that was a good move uh, for the Panthers, but Haynes – I'm glad to have him back because I do think he can contribute and he's in the right role. I just did not feel the proper role for Mikey's Haynes was to be a primary starter there at outside linebacker. Now that he can be interchangeable and work with Justin Houston, that's a better situation, I believe, for Haynes and, of course, for the Carolina Panthers defense heading into the 2023 season. So glad that he's back healthy. Um, not quite sure whether he'll play on Friday or not, night or not. Um, don't need to see it. Just get out there, practice, and then we'll see a week one down in Atlanta. Marquise. LaVishka Chenault is in the concussion protocol. Suffered that injury um, on like a non-contact run play. It was something weird that happened. 
on Friday night where that happened. Uh, maybe it was Friday. Maybe it was earlier on practice. I kind of missed really what happened there, but in concussion protocol. So wouldn't expect to see him on Friday night, of course, as he has to go through those necessary measures. That only ramps up the uh, wide receiver battle as Terrace Marshall has been dealing with an injury and Chanel has been dealing with an injury. Now guys like Shai Smith uh, getting more of an opportunity. Guys like Derek Wright, Jamal, Javon Wims, can they end up being the uh, sixth wide receiver or are they going to snake a job from Marshall or Chanel? We heard a lot about Lishka Chenault where he's been lining up at the beginning of training camp. Haven't seen him run with the ones. I wouldn't think he's um, in danger of missing the roster. But after what happened with McCall, no idea, man. Uh, maybe making too much out of that. But still, that was a surprise uh, for the Carolina Panthers. But we'll see how that works out as Lishka Chenault, which in the best, of course, you know, concussions. Nothing to uh, make light of. So hopefully he'll be fine and ready to go come week 10 or week one. Week one. And that, of course, is, you know. His cabeza, his head's all good. Uh, Miles Sanders, he was back in practice in pads on Monday. He currently is TBD as far as whether he'll play against the Lions. Said it earlier on the show, don't need to see it. He's a running back. Know what he can do. He's going to take a ton of hits. Already did at Penn State. Did in his first four years with the Eagles. uh, Hoping that the Panthers can get whatever's left out of him because that's the thing with running backs, y'all, why they're not getting paid. Their prime years are in college when they're not getting paid. Now they get NIL money, uh, but it's prime years when they're not getting paid in college. And when they come to the NFL, probably not getting paid a ton of money. And then by the time they want to get paid, they're kind of cooked. Um, don't think that'll be the case of Sanders, at least this year, but the Carolina Panthers need to get as much as they can out of him and not great that he has had that hamstring, but hopefully he'll get the rest again on Friday, then be ready to go uh, week one at Atlanta. Then Dante Jackson suffered an ankle injury on Friday night, had to come in and out of the game. He has mispracticed the last couple days dealing with that ankle, but Frank Reich says he should be good for week one. Now, Frank Reich also has called CJ Henderson Mr. Consistency, which Okay, I hope that's true because that has not been the case, of course, the first two years here in Carolina. Makes it all that more important for C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, and the newly added, uh, who's that that they just added? Um, Hill, 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 Troy Hill to be ready to go as far as backup corners go there on the outside as the Panthers have dealt with injuries to Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn the last two plus seasons here in Carolina. So Dante Jackson should be ready to go week one, but right now dealing with an ankle injury and uh, not going to play, it looks like, on Friday night in the preseason against Detroit. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where... On Fridays, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Going to do that this Friday and then next Friday. Then it'll be a brief hiatus. Then we get to Wednesday mailbag heading into week two of the season. So make sure to either at me or DM me. But of course, follow me first on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions in to me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. And as always, keep pounding. And I will talk to you all on Thursday.